All right, welcome to the Nino and Tierney podcast. I'm Paul Nino. And I'm Steve Tierney. This podcast is a recording of a, a Zoom call that Steve and I had with each other on June 25th, 2020. We, it is unfortunately yet another PPP loan <laughs> update discussion. But that's like, that's super valuable. That it is, is. Like I said, that stuff, it's changing all the time. I mean, we've spent so much time, especially at the beginning, trying to understand it. And the rules just keep changing like every yeah. week. So yeah. yeah, we have spent a lot of time understanding these rules. And then it just feels like each week after we feel like we finally have the rules figured out, there's a change to them. So yep. uh, this conversation was, we took a, a webinar from one of our favorite, um, uh, you know, tax information companies, Spidel, and learned some good new information about for forgiveness. And so we discussed these kind of revelations from that um, course that we took. Great. <laughs> All right, another week, another partner get together. Another, another Zoom call from home. Wait, no. <laughs> this time we're back at the office. No, it's nice. Trying to get, yeah, trying to slowly get used to working back at the office again. Yeah, feeling the uh, little bit of the pressure, the July 15th pressure, I need to get stuff done. So it's a little more efficient here. Yep. There's actually a printer, so that's nice. <laughs> so, you have a well, good Father's Day? I did have a good Father's Day. <laughs> good. <laughs> as, as we were talking off camera, trying to think of Father's Day stories. I mean, I can think of Father's Day blunders by me, but not necessarily <laughs> good Father's Day stories. So, so we, uh, you know, we we attended that webinar today on. The PPP loans and are we tired of talking PPP loans, but this was some good information. I think it's worth it. Yeah. One more time talking about PPP loans. I don't think we'll stop talking about PPP loans until actually all the PPP loans are been forgiven. Yeah. Either and Congress comes out and says they're just all forgiven or uh, yeah. get those applications. So I think one thing I will say before okay. we kind of get into some of this new information. Is, yeah. you know, we talk about this today. Um, I think our clients are would be wise to either consult with us on these applications or even just engage us to prepare these forgiveness applications. It's so complicated. Yeah. I mean, uh, we want to help our clients. So if they're in dire straits, we would help, you know, however we can, even without fees. But um, the this is a burdensome process for our clients to go through. So um, it makes sense to do what you do best. And this is probably not what a lot of our clients would do best if we have these loans, these applications. Yeah. I mean, you and I both have looked at the application and they say it's like a one page application, but then there's like all these sub schedules that flow into that, that one application that really make it difficult. Yeah. So speaking of that, they, 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 they released this easy app. Yeah. Easy application. We may have talked about it last time, but, no. but we learned today in this seminar that the criteria for this are you can only use this thing if you have self-employed, if you're a self-employed individual with no employees, yeah. 
where you do have employees, but you have no reduction to the um, to the forgiveness for salary reductions or reductions in full time equivalent. So, yeah, for I think the vast majority of our clients are going to be filling out that full loan application, which is going to be an arduous task. Yeah, unless you basically kept the same employees from January through your covered period, you know, your eight weeks or your 24 weeks, you're most likely going to have to fill out the, the full application. Yeah. So I think, and then on top of that, you know, you were talking about the easy form and you're talking about owners and uh, you know, we, something just the nugget that I picked up today was there's really a, a pretty hard cap on compensation for owners. So owners compensation is, maxed out for the forgiveness at 20,833. So two and a half months uh, of loan forgiveness amount. So even if it's 24 week period that you covered period, you're still capped at that um, two and a half months. Yeah, but, but as a planning tip, so assuming there's a business who has employees and yeah. owners and they spend more during the covered period than the loans that they borrowed in total. Yeah. It obviously makes sense to not forget about including the owner's compensation in that amount because even if it's, you know, the 20,833 limit multiplied by however many owners there are, because yeah. they're, the businesses are not going to get a deduction for the amounts of deductible expenses that right. are that are that are covered by forgiven loan proceeds and that wouldn't apply to office depending on the situation yeah like if it's a schedule c or even a partnership it, that wouldn't apply to those amounts that are paid yeah so there's a little bit of tax planning there to reduce the amount of um deductions that businesses are not going to be entitled to yeah based on spending those ppp and we talked about that today after going, hey, some businesses, some business owners are going to be surprised when they get their tax bill come next April because those proceeds, those forgiven loan proceeds are not deductible uh, on their returns. And the other thing is California is not going to conform uh, to the fact that this forgiveness is not considered compensation. So it, it is, it's, uh, it's not, uh, well, it's going to be taxable to them basically. Yeah. Cancellation of indebtedness income. Yeah. 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 So that may be a surprise to them come April. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, let's see. Well, I guess one other thing is maybe the timing of filling out the loan application. You know, and so um, you have kind of three different kind of lines in the sand, I would say. You've got the eight week covered period, which was loans that were made prior to June 5th, I think. And then loans that were made after have a 24 week uh, covered period that they can use. And then you also have this kind of date out there of December 31st. And uh, at the seminar, they were kind of saying, hey, before you fill out the loan application, you may want to wait until December 31st to really make sure that you, which to find out which category of loan forgiveness best fits your needs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess I would say is that you're going to want to run the calculations for the eight weeks, the 24 weeks, and then there's this date at December 31st. It's like a, a safe harbor that essentially says if you rehire all your employees 
to the same level as this February 15th date, you have the same full-time equivalents at December 31st, um, then you can get complete loan forgiveness. So maybe wait and see if your business bounces back. If you rehire those by December 31st, this whole full-time equivalent thing doesn't really matter of calculating it by pay period and whatnot. You will get the full loan forgiveness. The other big revelation to me was learning about how the reduction in forgivable amount is determined if a business drops their comp their compensation per employee amount or their headcount amount. I was always kind of under the impression that, let's say you reduce your headcount by 70%, you would only be able to um, yeah. have forgiven 70% of the amount that you borrowed. Right. But it turns out that it is actually uh, a reduction of 70% amount of your total potential forgivable amount, which is the amount that you spend on eligible costs over the covered period. Yeah. So yeah. let's say a taxpayer has, you know, gets a hundred thousand dollar loan and they have this 70% reduction, they're not going to, uh, but, but during the covered period, they spend $150,000 right. um, in eligible expenses. I realize now I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, they actually, I think in that case would be entitled to, you know, so they'd be entitled to $105,000, 70% uh -huh. of 150, I think is hundred. 105 grand. We'll need a fact checker. <laughs> I'm doing the math right now. <laughs> okay. 105,000. Okay. So they'd be entitled to, even though they had a drop in full time equivalents, they'd still yeah. be eligible for 100% forgiveness because that 105,000 is greater than the total amount that they borrowed. Yeah, that was that was the, the mind blower. That was the one that I think we all took away. Because I think we all thought that the the uh, the ceiling was the amount that they borrowed, and then it would be a reduction from there. That was that was really insightful for sure. Um, you know, one of the other things that they mentioned was, you know, in this twenty still in this twenty four week period that uh, cutting payroll, you know, cutting salaries um, is better than just straight cutting people in general. So if you need to do some salary reductions payroll rates or hours, you're still going to have more forgiven than if you just straight cut employees, you're losing that, that full-time equivalent. So I guess I would say partial um, is better than definitely cutting them out. Right. So another, another way to say it is you're going to get a bigger amount that you could get forgiven by reducing salaries across the board to achieve your um, needed cost cutting mm -hmm. than letting one or two people go reducing headcount because if you if you reduce somebody's salary by 25% as long as it, you don't reduce them by more than 25% you still it still fully qualifies right. then right so yeah. clearly another another thing um, that you know clients should be reaching out to us on before they make these moves where we can kind of calculate these things and let them know the impact of of a, of a change like that yeah yeah I, I thought the uh, just just one other thing I guess that I also saw was that this is going to be a kind of a longer process. I the the uh, the bank 
um, is going to have 60 days to kind of review your loan application and then the, the SBA has 90 days to get back to the bank on the actual forgiveness amount. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, 150 days before you may hear whether or not you actually have your loan forgiven. But yet, I believe that the payments don't start until the SBA responds. Um, the only other thing I noted, yeah, I, th I thought this was interesting to note. Um, there are still things that are unknown. So, yeah, I mean, I've I've never experienced something like this where there's this radical program that we're involved with that has that gets launched so quickly and new information is released like almost on a daily basis and our. Yeah our entire perception of what's going on changes on a daily or weekly basis. Yeah. So with that being said, it kind of feels like, oh, well, we know everything, but there are a few things that are still unknown out there that there's no guidance on. So yeah. how much of retirement contributions are forgivable? Yeah. Uh, self rentals, the ability to uh, yeah. get forgiven on payments that you pay to yourself for a building that you're, that you're, your business occupies and you own the building. Yeah. And then, um, you know, for small businesses uh, who work out of the home, uh, home office expenses are money spent toward home office expenses yeah. forgivable as well. So those are some things that we're still waiting on some guidance on. So if somebody's going to fill out their application, then what, what do they, what do you think are the best kind of things they need to gather together? Well, the payroll companies have uh, pay payroll reports. I, as far as I know, they all have these now, a PPP forgiveness report mm -hmm. that would have the bulk of the information that's needed to calculate full-time equivalents, the amount spent, the eligible amount spent on payroll, um, all of that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and then their accounting, you know, um, hopefully they've got some good bookkeeping that shows yeah. their expenses over the covered period so you can pull out qualified expenses, utilities, rent, yeah. um, things like that. <laughs> then, there is a laundry list of things you need to both attach to the forgiveness application and also that you're required to maintain in your records. Yeah. I, you know, it's beyond our discussion right now, but we do have that list. Yeah. And they have to maintain them for six years, so a long time. Yeah. Cool. Last, last thing I did see that, that, that the SBA and I think the Treasury Department both decided to release a list of all the businesses that received over $150,000 in PPP loans. Oh. So that's kind of an, an interesting development. That, that you know the minute that gets released that's going to be available on the internet and at all kinds of locations you can just do a google search wow. yeah for names did they say when it's going to be released i haven't seen that i've kind of just seen the headlines you know yeah anything else uh that is the end of another fun loan discussion. I know. Yeah, someday. I'll be glad to start talking about ideas and tips and tricks.
Next week, we're doing it. All right.